0: Hi, this is Pooja Patel, the Editor-in-Chief of Pitchfork. If you've listened to Long May They Run, we're guessing you love music as much as we do over here at Pitchfork. So today we want to share a bit of our episode on the 1975's latest and polarizing album, Being Funny in a Foreign Language. On each episode of the Pitchfork Review, I dive into new releases and exciting artists along Pitchfork staffers and critics. In this extended clip, I'm joined by our features editor, Ryan Domble and our reviews editor, Jeremy Larson, as we discuss the 1975's latest release. The clip includes insight from our exclusive interview with singer and frontman, Maddie Healy, and so much more. Enjoy and follow The Pitchfork Review wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Pitchfork Review the show about the musicians we're obsessed with and the albums you need to know right now. I'm Pooja Patel, the editor-in-chief of Pitchfork. And in each episode, I'll be joined by some of my favorite critics and editors to dig into new releases, legendary artists, and even some that you probably haven't heard of yet. We'll share the thinking and the analysis behind what we do because trust me, there is a lot that goes into each and every review. And on that note, one person that you'll be hearing a lot from is Pitchfork's reviews editor and my co-host, Jeremy Larson. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Pooja. Talking about music. I love it. So I thought we'd kick off this new season with our favorite polarizing pop band, The 1975, and their new album, Being Funny in a Foreign Language. We featured them on a recent cover story and gave the release an 8.0. Whether or not you're a fan of The 1975, here's the deal. The band is made up of four guys from Manchester, England, and fronted by the moody and charming and sometimes controversial singer Maddie Healy. They first got together in 2002 when they were in high school, playing punk covers under a bunch of different names. And then in 2013, they officially began calling themselves the 1975, started writing their own emo-influenced music, and released their self-titled debut. Oh, By their second album, in 2016, the band had refined their sound and sharpened their wit to become a legitimate pop outfit. The title of that album, and bear with me here, is I Like It When You Sleep For You Are So Beautiful Yet So Unaware Of It. This is when Maddie started stepping into his indie, cool kid, heartthrob era with songs like Somebody Else and Love Me.
1: And love me
2: if what you do.
0: Over the next few years, the band's music captured a generation in existential crisis. Their 2018 album, A Brief Inquiry Into Online Relationships, became the voice of millennial angst with songs like Love It If We Made It. it. And then, at the start of the pandemic, they released Notes on a Conditional Form. It was a sprawling, indulgent, and very, very, very long album that saw Maddie at his most personal including on the song, Guys. It was
1: the best thing that ever happened
0: to me. All right, so let's jump into this. I feel like every 1975 album is self-serious in some kind of way, but this one feels like the 1975 is trying to be taken seriously. Ryan, what was your... First take upon listening to the album?
2: My first take was that this album is extremely short. Um, 1975 are known for doing everything to the nth degree, and that includes the amount of songs <laughs> on their albums. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this one is 11 songs and it's about, uh, you know, 45 minutes like a normal length for an album.
1: I mean, it's half the length of Notes on a Conditional Form.
2: So, yeah, they made half of an album uh, compared (laughs) to their last one. And I do think that part of that is, you know, they're getting older. They're in their 30s now. There's something self-consciously classic about this album. A lot of the photography is black and white. Mm -hmm. This is kind of their attempt to do something timeless, perhaps, whereas a lot of their previous music was very of the moment. That song, Love It If We Made It, is kind of famously replicating the effect of a... Endless scroll of social media fuel, the yeah. like <laughs> This album to me is maybe less endless scroll, more. <laughs> very old book or something that the pages are yellowing.
1: Jeremy, what about you? So when I first hit play and I heard the first track, the 1975, and I heard that little piano line, I was thrilled because here is this band who is known for sounding like so many other bands like In Excess and Fine Young Cannibals and Duran Duran and all of that. And here they are like taking a page right out of LCD Sound Systems book, a band who are also known for sounding like a bunch of other bands like (laughs) New Order and yada, yada, yada. And so I was like, oh my God, we are in the most self-reflexive, heady, amazing space. Like I am so glad to be back with my like neurotic man, Maddie. (laughs) And then it opens with a boner joke. And I'm like, yes, let's go. I'm so excited. (laughs) get
2: bigger if you know what I mean I'm sorry if you live in 17 I heard it's to be super thin friends aren't they can't come I think he deserves a little bit of credit based on you know what he's done before but like it'll get bigger if you know what I mean is also you know the song deals with like the the decline of democracy mm-hmm. and like there's notes of climate collapse and to me like that line doubles as all the terrible shit that's happening now will get bigger. You know what I mean as well? So it's like, it is a boner joke. It is also like a condemnation of humanity. And what better kind of boner
1: joke is (laughs) (laughs) Uh I loved that first track. And then we sort of dip into some of the other more romantic, sincere songs And I started to feel the album sort of shrink musically. And uh, that's when sort of all of the excitement sort of like started to leave me. Because I think part (laughs) of what I love about this band is their extra-ness. And Uh how little basically fucks they have to give. Uh, When Maddie is writing lyrics. When they are doing these very indulgent interludes and like I couldn't tell you what song 19 on notes on a conditional form sounds (laughs) like but I sort of like love the effort that they're putting in there whether it works whether it hits as hard as the earlier stuff like I feel like that is something we can maybe talk about
0: Jeremy for people who did not like this album who would rather not with this album what would you recommend they listen to instead
1: check out the four previous 1975 <laughs> albums you know yeah billy joel's turnstiles that has a lot of the, the, what this <laughs> this is going on with i
0: cannot believe that you are recommending that someone listen to a billy joel album instead of this one
1: that's what this sounds like to me like it just all the instrumentation in the mixing just sounds so billy joely or like lionel richie to me if you don't like this maybe you'll like billy joel <laughs>
0: Ryan, what would you recommend for people who love this album?
2: <laughs> you know, one thing we were talking about was Huey Lewis's The Power of Love classic. 100%. Uh, another 80s classic. Another one, like Don Henley, Boys of Summer. Reminds me a lot of like some of the songs on this album. Bruce Hornsby... The way it is, there's definitely a piano on a song called Oh Caroline that seems a very similar tone as that famous Bruce Hornsby piano.
0: Ryan Dombel and Jeremy Larson, thank you for hanging out.
1: Thank you. I love it that we made a podcast. Same.
0: <laughs> Anything else that you love, <laughs> Jeremy, mm. you want to share?
1: No, that's it. Okay.
0: Hey, if you enjoyed this clip from the Pitchfork Review, be sure to listen to the rest of the episode, the 1975 Being Funny in a Foreign Language, and follow the Pitchfork Review wherever you get your podcasts.